Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, Geekscapists. Welcome to our brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm Jonathan London, your host. And if this is your first Geekscape, well, I'm not going to ask you to defend yourself. I'm not going to be like, hey, where you been? You've got a life. I acknowledge it. Maybe you, the people who ended up on Geekscape ended up because they didn't have a life and they ended up being geeks. But you know what? We rule the roost now. Uh, there are geek movies, geek television shows, video games are the hottest sellers, and people are turning comic books into major multimedia properties. The geeks have won. Let's just face it. So we celebrate them here at Geekscape. Uh, and we do that every single week and have for a long time. We've got our good friend Matthew Milligan on the show. He is the basis for Weedus, and he's also been involved in tons of other musical projects with friends of ours like uh, MC Lars, Mega Ran, and he's also worked with people like Weird Al Yankovic. He now has a podcast on this very Geekscape network called Weird Algorithms, where he and Matt Kelly, you've heard of me talk about him on the show if this is not your first Geekscape, they uh, dissect deconstruct maybe it's mathematical uh a weird owl song every single episode and they are working themselves through weird owls very daunting filmography it's that kind of like attention to detail uh that maybe <laughs> makes them geeks uh i will tell you though the, the numbers on that show are climbing really well so i'm very happy to have them on the network uh and i'm excited to talk to matthew about it um they're also going a bit viral. I, you may know, I about a couple of weeks ago during Comic Con, I added a little TikTok. Uh, there's a Geekscape TikTok. The username is Geekscape, and um, on TikTok there are these uh, different viral things going that the kids love to do. And Matthew Milligan of Weedus, well, uh, the Weedus song. Teenage Dirtbag is going super viral right now because there's like a Teenage Dirtbag challenge where you film yourself present day. And then when it kicks into the chorus, you put up pictures of yourself in your teenage years. Go to the Geekscape profile on TikTok. You'll see that Jonathan has uh, partaken in that one challenge. That's the challenge that I did. Um, that trend, as they say on t- TikTok. I'm learning it, folks. I'm learning it. Um Okay, so we got that going on. Geekscape's getting pretty busy here. <laughs> this guy is getting married in a little over a month, and I am booking myself solid with Geekscape guests. Uh, we got some amazing ones coming up. Next week, we're talking to James K- Kachalka. Did I get that right? From Monkey vs. Robot, the comic book. Uh, that He's got a new one coming out from IDW. Uh, I just heard that Jeff Fahey, the lawnmower man himself, wants to come on Geekscape and talk to me for a little bit. That'll be fun. And I also have a conversation with Neil Abute coming up. Uh, he directed Nurse Betty in The Company of Men, and he's got a brand new uh, movie, the remake of House of Darkness, coming out soon. So it's a pretty packed schedule here at Geekscape. It's a lot of fun, though. I love it. We're broadcasting this live on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast stream, then you're all set. You're all set. You're going to see all that content. Some of these episodes are not live streamed. I pre-record them. So if you want to hear the conversations with people like 
Jeff Fahey, Neil Butte, whoever I've got coming up sometimes. The best way to ensure that is you subscribe to the Geekscape podcast. If you subscribe to a Geekscape podcast, the Geekscape podcast, the flagship show, um, you won't miss a thing. I'll throw little bonuses on there. It's fun. I'm not going to ask you to join a Patreon. I'm not going to take money out of your pocket. All this stuff is free. All you got to do is subscribe. All right? That's how it works around here. Now that we got that little bit of business out of the way, let's start the show. Right, babies are you all warmed up for some geekscape uh matthew milligan's co-host on the weird algorithm podcast matt kelly is he's ready he says let's go baby from the safety of the youtube channel um and chris folios is having a little bit of a problem chris is the host of the one hit thunder podcast produced by geekscape and he says hey i decided to watch on twitch and then a few seconds later said i decided not to watch on twitch and instead to watch on youtube and matt kelly says love that about you Chris. Um, so they're watching at least the, those two. Um, so that's fun. Um, they're staying busy on a, on a Monday night. All right. Um, let's just cut to the quick. Let's get Matthew in here. And let's talk to him. Um, Matthew, how are you, man? Oh, I'm good, Jonathan. How are you? <laughs> uh, good. Welcome. I want to welcome you officially to the Geekscape Network. Thank you. Thank you and so much. This is the uh, Island of Misfit Toys that we have built for ourselves right here. Yeah, it's great. This is the first time I've explored a different corner of the Geeks- Geekscape network since I joined. So? What do you mean? What do you mean? Well, this is, I mean, it's a different, uh, you know, I'm usually in the, this, the weird algorithm corner with mm-hmm. Matt Kelly over there. This is like a different room. I've got this background behind me I can see on screen. We're not usually, we're not a video podcast, so we don't uh, pay attention to the video stuff quite the same way. So it's just, you know, it's a whole new thing. Yeah, those those guys. Listen, I don't mean to throw stones in glass houses, but no, they, let's do it right away. They got a little thing, little crutch. It's called editing. All right. Oh boy. All right. If you if you really if you really want to roll with the big dogs, you got to go live. Gotta you got to go live. You got to have the flubs, and you got to. Uh, not know what the hell you're talking about. You can't go back in there. You can't go back and be like, wait a minute. I sound like a total idiot. Fix those I'm moments gonna, where you said I'm the gonna, dumbest no, thing ever. Yeah, it's There's true. no picking up clams here on this one. Uh, we'll take those clams and we'll lay them all out for you. And they will be made fun of forever on the internet. <laughs> three people who actually watch it. And so, you know what? I love those guys. I love, I love the horror movie nights. I love the one hit thunders and I love the weird algorithms. I love them. But no, no, you you get this show unedited for better and really for worse. So let's, let's I mean, I didn't realize that we were compromising in this way. We might have to have a meeting over at I Weird think it should be live. Yeah. Li- yeah. Live every week. The pros do it live. Yeah. Um, no, they don't. <laughs> I I, none of, none of the pros do it live. <laughs> this show would be way better if it was edited. Let's just be clear. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that garbage. Um, so, Matt, <laughs> tell me. Um, I'm not too familiar with you. I know you from the network. 
mm-hmm. I I know you as the bassist of Weedus. I know you as a frequent collaborator to some of our favorite musicians. Um, so I'm just going to start with my blanket question. What up with you? What up? Um, yeah, uh, I do play bass in Weedus. That was my really entry point. I have been doing that since I was 19. I dropped out of college to take that job. Well, let's, let's go- talk about this multiverse. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's dive <laughs> where, into it. Where were you in college and what for? I was at NYU and I was studying music. Um, I mean, I knew I wanted to do music, but I was a very, uh, I was a very practical kid. I mean, I'm still a practical person, but I thought I was like, well, I'd love to do music, but I know the reality of making a living as, as a musician is not great. Right. Uh, the odds are not good. So I was like, oh, I'll go to school for it. I'll get a degree. I was focused in music tech, so like recording engineering type stuff. Um, but I also knew that that could move to teaching or any other thing. And I was like, well, that's a good safe, like I can, I'll have jobs I can take with that sort of education. But um, after three semesters, I met Brendan, the singer of Weedus, through a mutual friend, Crazy Connection. Um, and I went in and auditioned and he offered me the job and I dropped out. Now, um, where'd you grow up? Uh, Long Island. So not too okay. far from where I am now. Yeah. Yeah. Not so bad. Not so bad. But if you, um, let, let's, let's talk about that, that Matthew that stayed at, at NYU. Um, I don't think he's doing too many things that differently now. I mean, you had to suffer through three more years, but you're doing the recording engineering stuff. You just, you recorded the, uh, and engineered the last Weedus thing that they did, didn't you? I, I did uh, mixing on the last Sweetest the live record. The live record, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was, um, that, that that's true, yeah. And I've done some of that stuff and I do really enjoy it. Uh, what I would be doing, I mean, I'd probably still be doing something with music. I also probably would still have uh, maybe six figures of debt from college. Oh, there's that. <laughs> um, totally. So I'm pretty grateful yeah. that I got out of that. Uh, that was a real, um, uh, in, in hindsight, I'm very grateful that that worked out the way that it did. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, I don't know, you know, maybe I would have wound up where I am, but if there's one thing I've learned, it's that, uh, you know, if you see an opportunity or you meet someone and you feel like it's a good thing, like hang on to it and chase those things. Cause they really, sometimes it's a one shot deal. And if you don't pursue it, then it might not, you know, you, you can lose your seat in these scenarios. It does happen. Yeah. And no, look, y'all are watching me talk on the internet to a bunch of kids. All right. If you are on the TikTok, you're going to see a 43 year old man review his comic books every week. Like, <laughs> trust me, I've I've let a lot of I, I've, been, I've been at the bus stop many times. I've been like, oh, I'll catch the next one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll catch the next one. And then yeah. I just get splashed with water like in an 80s movie. Like that's that's what this is where you end up right here. Geeks gave us. But I, I'm being facetious. <laughs> Heidi, Heidi, my fiance is watching on Facebook. Uh, she says you edit later, sweetie. You're about to marry me. You know I don't edit anything. I'll be oh, to- wait <laughs> a minute! Know, I- now we're getting mixed reports about the editing <laughs> that goes on around here. You wishes I had any capacity for editing anything that comes. Does this out get edited screen. later? Does anyone? I no. mean, Chris, Matt, and this no. Uh, I, I will slap music on the front and Heidi's voice on the back, and that's a geekscape for you, I, I, barring technical difficulty or like something like that. A little cleanup. But that's that's fair. That, that's yeah. an important qualification. I'm, okay, I'm I believe too lazy, you. Matthew. I'm too lazy. 
I, that I definitely understand. I can definitely relate to that. So this this weed is viral thing on the TikTok, like yeah, that was from an album before you came, right? The song before you yeah, came. Yeah, yeah, that's well, that's Teenage Dirtbag, which is definitely what yeah. we're best known for. That's the first sweetest record. I joined uh, a few years after that. That was I came on when that bass player was leaving. Do um, you see any of that? Um, do you see? Uh, do you do you have any? Does it boost you? Does it boost anything that helps you out? Uh, I mean, maybe live yeah. touring. It it does boost the overall. I mean, without getting too into the weeds on it, we are a band that operates like within a. I get paid salary out of a band budget, and when a song when we blow up and when we have attention, more money goes into that budget. So it does affect me in that sense that like we have more more budget to work and to record to make new records to just get together and rehearse because we love to do that even if we don't have shows coming up, um, and. Uh, and sometimes to go out and do a show that is fun, but not necessarily financially lucrative. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you, sometimes you have to take those for... Exactly, you know I mean? exactly. And that's why you have like a budget that you can afford to like... You know, sometimes it's even like, oh, this is this show pays okay, but we have to pay for our own flights or something like that. Like having money in, in the pool of the band uh, is how we survive. So when, when the song does well, I mean, it's even more obtuse with something like TikTok. This was a real crash course for us because we did not know much about TikTok. Um, we, that, uh, TikTok was really the first platform where we were completely set to be like, we are probably too old and tired to learn a new social media platform. I'm we, were ready, so it it. I'm we were ready to let it go. We were ready to let it go. We were not going to do it. And then, of course, this happened around us. Um, we, we found out this was happening. We had not posted a thing ever on this platform. And uh, then suddenly it was like, all right, well, I guess we got to we got to get in there now and, and figure it out. Um, but in terms of like how you get paid, how you make money from this, that all kind of remains to be seen. In theory, it should be very good for us. But I mean, you know, often these things are like months of trickling through various music industry pipes before it actually gets to us. But you all have some fall dates coming up, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah we do. We're going out. We're doing... Um, uh, like three weeks in America, mostly through the Midwest, um, which should be fun. It's the it's been a kind of a light touring year for us. We did a bunch last year. We went out with um, the bands Everclear and Hoobastank and Living Color invited us out, which was really fun. Y'all did y'all do the Hollywood Bowl date on that one? Which one? Y'all didn't do a Hollywood Bowl date here. We did not play Hollywood Bowl. It, it was no, the no, Greek no. something like that. I remember that. I remember that tour. It wasn't because... at the Greek. It was a smaller venue in LA. They wanted it to be. I, can't remember. There was somewhere, and then it fell through, and we had to move it. We were at, I think, the Terragram Ballroom sure. in like downtown LA. Yeah, I love that place. That place. Yeah, is great. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um. So that was yeah, super fun. Um. We did a lot. This year has been a little bit more quiet. We've done like kind of long weekends out and back. Um. But yeah, it should be good. It's um. You know, we've. It's been fun. We've done way more touring in America post COVID because international travel remains kind of dicey. Sure. Uh, hopefully next year we'll be back. Um, we usually do way more touring in Europe because back in the day when Teenage Dirtbag first came out, it was way more successful in Europe than it was in America, um, which still blows people's minds. We have to tell people all the time that like Dirtbag, when it came out in the States, did not was not a hit. It barely no. got played at all. I was in college when that came out, and I thought it was a catchy song and this and that, but I think between the Weezers, the Weens, yeah. and the Weedises... I, I had enough of the Weez. Like I was like, <laughs> listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna my tent is firmly placed in the Weezer. I can't, totally I fair. Can't keep take I can't keep taking on the these things. Uh, you can't keep taking on these W bands. Uh, I get it. Uh, I totally uh, get it. Yeah, it gets out of control. 
<laughs> it just gets out of control. So I, I said, uh, I said, I like their song. I love it when Matt Pinfield spins that record. Mm. But other than that, I got a, I got a dip on this uh, weirdest thing. They have that one song. And I think, I think ultimately going back and revisiting it, I, I got to grad school and uh, yeah. Jim Pellegrinelli, who listens to the show weekly, he was a huge Wheatus fan. And he was the guy who was like, you've made a mistake with your life. You need to <laughs> check out Wheatus. <laughs> I'm glad he clarified, because if he had just been like, you made a mistake with your life, I'd have been like, oh, yeah, no shit, Sherlock, which one? But the Wheatus one, he really clear- <laughs> that really narrowed it down. Yeah. And I get it. Um <laughs> and uh, I think that's cool. It, it might have been around the time you started joining the band. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't allow you to have the life, you know, like you're in so many projects. Just looking at the fact that you're working with everybody. Uh, I mean, honestly, I think that you're working with like half the geek music sphere. <laughs> um, like, are you seeing anybody? <laughs> I'm married. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah. you, know, you got a little, you got the, the little creatures running around, the, the babies. <laughs> No, no, no babies. Okay, no babies. That's like another step, man. That's yeah. That's like, another uh, yeah. That's a, that's a whole other. What's that gotta thing. take? Like another viral TikTok? What what do we gotta do <laughs> with that? <laughs> you know, I, I'm asking for my own edification. Yeah, I, no, no, no. I was married once. I'm uh-huh. get remarried, and I'm looking for like. I don't want to say it's like a run through of like Elden Ring or something like a Dark Souls <laughs> game, but like you know how you like power up every time you play it, you get like tougher and tougher. Sure, like, this yeah. Is, this yeah. is like my second playthrough, mm-hmm. and I'm taking all the knowledge from my first playthrough. Smart. Um, but I'm trying to get to that next level, and like, what does that take? Like, like that's what yeah. I'm asking. But, but, but that's what does the it next take? Level, yeah. The next level is like the little the little creatures running around the baby. I, I yeah, I guess it is. I um. I mean, it has to be right. What I don't know what else. I yeah. I you know. I just uh, it, it's it's very incomplete. Here's what I'll say. I've known too many people who yeah. were musicians, who were touring musicians like me, who decided to have a baby with their partner, and they were like, "Oh, we're gonna have this baby, but don't worry, it's gonna make no difference. We're still here. We're still doing the music thing. Like it's not gonna change anything like that." And the moment that baby is born memory erased it's all gone and then the next thing i know they are raising a child and have a day job of some kind and not to knock it that's totally fine but i don't want to go down that path have you talked to christopher folios about like the end of punchline at all no no having a kid i'm being rude (laughs) (laughs) congratulations to steve congratulations to steve who did the theme song to this show and is in punchline with chris Ophalios uh of one hit thunder congratulations steve he's gonna have a baby soon and And, and it's gonna be totally fine it's gonna be totally fine there's no yeah do it the base people can do it it. i've seen people do it. it those people do it I've seen people do it, but I have also seen those people who, as soon as the kid is born, the entire, all your life priorities are shifted. And it's not a bad thing. It's, I'm actually afraid of having that kind of a mental reset. Like, I like it the way it is, and I don't want to not feel the way I feel. Does that make sense? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. I do. Okay. So, um, all right. You got the TikTok thing. You got this thing. Can you tell me about this podcast? Because I'll tell you the truth. Every time Matt is like, I got this brand new podcast. And he's like, hey, Matt, you got, Matthew, you got to understand. Like, for 10 years, this kid's been coming to Geekscape and being like, okay, listen up. We're going to take every episode of 
blank show that three people watched and we're going to break it down. Yeah. And and I understand like maybe that's what it is. Um, but um, like what the, what's up with the Weird Al thing? And I'm a Weird Al fan, but maybe not as diehard as you and Matthew. Uh, uh maybe not but that's okay yeah yeah, yeah. Um, would that well, it's, to me is the show i think it, I, I think it probably would i mean i think to start with it would be you would be uh you know like start with one of the his songs that you already know and enjoy and then maybe use the podcast to introduce yourself to some stuff you maybe don't recognize or haven't paid much attention to uh okay. i mean it started when i did um in 2020 funny enough right before the show you and i were talking about weezer but um, in 2020, when new, I, I'm in New York and New York was, you know, completely, truly shut down uh, for months uh, in the early days of COVID. And uh, I am, you know, a musician and a performer by nature. And I was losing my mind being stuck in my house like so many people. And so my my own attempt at uh, at uh, doing a Bo Burnham inside before I knew what that was, was to put, <laughs> was to put myself on Twitch and I did a live streamed marathon. The first one that I did is I picked up the bass and I played every song by Weezer in a row, um, which took 10 and a half hours. And I mean, at that point, they had everything but the last two albums out in the season. I, exactly. I played, I ended my live stream with End of the Game, which had just come out from Van Weezer, but the Van Weezer record was not out. No, they kind of, I was so stoked for that album because yeah. they also got like right in like the first month of the pandemic, they squeezed Hero out. Yes. And we were like, yes. oh, this is going to be awesome. And then they were like, surprise, we're going to do a okay, whole other human. record. Yeah. And then you're going to get the rest of it. Did, I mean, I don't know. You, you're a musician. You talk to musicians. Was there, did it just not like pass muster that the first bit of Van Weezer? Did no. it need to be cooked a little bit longer? I think that what it was was that they were, the pandemic stopped them from doing the Hella Mega Tour that they were going out with Fallout sure. Boy and Green Day. And I think yes. that they really wanted Van Weezer for those shows. I think that they thought that like having that material as the new release for an arena rock tour was the vibe they were looking for. And I think they didn't want to have their most recent record be this orchestral pop album, but be out there playing arena rock shows like it just didn't jive. So I think they were like, let's move the order. We'll put out the the mellow record and then we'll release Van Weezer when we're actually going out finally and doing the the tour. That's my record like felt so appropriate to a bunch of people who had been holed up. Just that's true as well actually doing. that's you're right it was a definitely more appropriate like, uh, a part of me was like did, that just felt like it was a result of them being holed up and zooming yeah. with each other yeah. and then having to rely on technology to the point where they're like you know what i mean we're all theorizing here but sure um that would be awesome i'll tell you one of my first jobs in la was paing on marco siega's version of the island in the sun video mm. and, I, and i met carl i met pat Oh, well, I'd, I'd already I'd already met Pat through doing the radio sh- show in college, but um, the the who's the who's the one who's the guitarist? Uh, Brian 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 Bell was so nice to me hmm. that um, he left me a nice note. I wish I still had it. He left me a note when he had to leave set. I wasn't uh, I wasn't with him, but they kind of assigned me to Brian, and I would drive him to coffee. I would drive and yeah, and I haven't. Talked to him. I haven't seen the guy since two thousand summer two thousand one, but I've always th- thought like, hey, if I run into Brian Bell, I'm just going to tell him how cool he was to be the dude who like took me under his wing for that the, that weekend shoot and was just like, hey, like this is what it's like being in. A, and he, he told me he said making a good video is not not easy. Yeah, like we've we've sometimes 
put in, in that video got reshot by Spike Jones, but he said, making a good video is not easy. As somebody who went on to make videos, not some that were not very good. Um, I think about that conversation with conversation with Brian Bell a lot. Yeah. Um, that's tough. Um, on tour now uh, in the chat up on Twitch says, wait, didn't Jeff Gordon direct the big weedest video? And Jeff Gordon was directing a lot of videos back then. Is he the, uh, was he the director? I think that Jeff also did some of the real big fish videos as well. I'm double checking right now. Um, okay. It is. Yeah. Jeff Gordon directed Teenage Dirtbag. That is true. Mm-hmm. He that was is like true. That, and it was, he was hot in the late, late nineties. Jeff Gordon. Yeah. Was. Oh, big time. You know, Brendan was in a band before Weedis, um called Mr. Jones and they had a song. They were, it basically, it was like a major label signing. They thought they were going to be huge and it was completely scrapped, like barely came out. But they had a song with a fully mega, mega budget music video that was directed by Mick G, <laughs> which, yeah. which in, now in retrospect is insane to think about this band. Like it must have been easily like it's, it's like a six figure music video with full on. Like, it looks exactly like what you'd expect a video from him to look like. And then it just nobody saw it. But if you're watching this and you're curious to check it out. Uh, Mr. Jones and the song is called Destiny and it is on YouTube. You can watch it. And Brendan is the guitarist. He actually kind of even looks like Dirtbag Brendan. He's got like a bucket. I think he has a bucket hat. Um, but that's it. It's pre Wheatus. He uh, Brendan got paid a little bit of money from doing that and took that money and used it to fund the first Wheatus album. But I think with, with our community of aging rock people that survived mm. the 90s, like everybody has a story like that. Linus Dotson has a story like that. You know, he plays for Nerf Herder now, but he had yeah, a, yeah. size 14 and size 14 had a videos that, that, you know, didn't come out. There's, there's all sorts of videos that just didn't come out. I mean, Desperate Confessional had, had a video that never came that, that I actually, I mean, it aired and then they stripped it off the internet for some reason. Right. Um, What's, what, for what song? Because I don't think I, I know this story. It's so interesting. I would have to sing it, and there's no effing way I'm doing that. <laughs> All right. All right. You know, That's fair. Um, uh, we'll yeah. figure that out later. I'm, I'm, very, uh, I'm very curious about that one. And uh, on tour now, hitting back with McGee also directed the first Sugar Ray video. That's right. Yeah. I think that's a pretty nice little factoid. But you, I mean, you see that like, like, uh, you you see huge directors and it's like oh they started out with Bad Religions American Jesus video and then they went on to do the Pirates of the Caribbean movies and you see the stories like that all the time especially in uh, the 90s it felt like it was a huge thing for directors in the 90s like the amount of like even Spike Jones you said earlier Spike Jones was a absolute music video director uh, Chris Cunningham um, oh remember those DVDs you you had oh them my god them. Yeah. yeah I still have them there there were those DVDs that were like. They, looked, they were like Criterion collections. For yeah, it was like the directors. work of director. Michelle Gondry, another good one. Absolutely. Who, who did all those music videos, like the White Stripes videos. He is amazing. And you, yeah. and there were, I think they released six or seven of those. And yeah. if you were into music videos or filmmaking in the early 2000s, you had to own these things. Yeah, to own and those, yeah. I'm never giving up mine. They'll have to buy <laughs> no, I think I still have mine too, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's funny. It's, it's a great testament to see that stuff too and think about like back then there was so much more money in music mm-hmm. that people like, again, a label would be like, Oh, how much is this music video? $300,000. Great. Spend it. It's totally worth it to have it play on MTV as promotion. Like now a video is you, you do it cause it helps you promote yourself online, but it is, yeah, it you, is a you loss. Better. And you're like, how cheaply can we make this and have it be impactful? Because and can it be a equivalent of the weedest TikTok challenge? 
And can it exactly? Can, can it also better? can it also become a weedest TikTok challenge video? I think the record execs, if those still exist, I think they're just sitting around being like, "Can we dirtbag this? <laughs> is there is there a dirtbag strategy they, on this one?" <laughs> they might be actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Matt Kelly, he's here to save the day on YouTube. He said, "You cannot find the hands down music video anywhere. That's the one." Dashboard oh, hands down, and it was kind of a cool video. As Wasn't recall, it like like strobing like psychedelic colors and stuff? I will tell you right now, it looked like an early iPod ad. That's exactly <laughs> right. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this music video, and I'm wow. going to look at YouTube is going to be downloaded to my phone. That's I had no bad. idea that that was a thing because I, I of course also remember that video. Like they did at least play it for a little while. Mm-hmm. I remember that they switched that they they played that video for a bit, but then MTV started playing the version of Hands Down from his Unplugged set. Like yeah. that became a uh, a uh, a recurring. Like they made that into a video of its own, and they showed that as a separate thing for a while. Not a and bad theory mm. that MTV did not have a whole lot of in- incentive to play that thing. Yeah, yeah, that was that own. That was their MTV Unplugged version that they could promote. You're promoting themselves at the same time. Right. So yeah. okay, so this Weird Al thing. I oh yeah, it's, it's doing it's doing well. I'm really happy with the Weird Al podcast. Um, Thank you. More is this, is, is this like I'm, am I am uh, I talking to my boss right now? Is that because yeah, suddenly it feels like this is like a performance review for I'll my podcast? What, is it? <laughs> let me tell you. Like, why I'm happy with your talk. numbers so far, but I let really me, feel like we can get it 20 percent no, more. No, let me tell you why you're not talking to your boss. A, <laughs> all the podcasts on Geekscape are owned by the hosts. Jonathan okay. Okay. Podcast. Okay. Jonathan owns right, the Geekscape right. podcast. That's it. Got it. And number number two. We're on this brand new Spotify platform, Geekscapus, uh-huh. and uh, and we run ads. You heard an ad at the beginning of this show, if you listen sure. to the podcatcher. Um, the first payment was supposedly like announced, like, "Hey, we're going to send you money," and they were like, "Can you send out? Can you fill out the tax forms?" And I don't mean to put Spotify on blast with their with their megaphone podcasting <laughs> platform, but I was like, "But George, my partner in Geekscape, and I have." twice sent them the email from june where we yeah. filled out all the tax forms and we're like yeah here's the email we, we're going to resend it a third time uh we've definitely given you all, all the documents you need to pay us mm. so just so we can give money to matt kelly i mean let's I face say it, that's that's why we're all, here it's all going to matt kelly so matt kelly's sitting there with like a probably a busted roof and it's dripping on him or something like that he's probably we got we gotta get matt kelly some food we gotta get matt kelly some some food we gotta figure him out we gotta help him out so so uh matt if you're in dire straits just hold on a little longer buddy we are (laughs) trying to get you the spotify payment for running the geekscape (laughs) network (laughs) but literally there Uh. is like tax fuckery going down and i'm not upset about it yet i i we (laughs) Listen, new partnerships have to have all their paperwork ironed out. That's it's going to get That's ironed out. True. That being said, Matt, when you come for my wedding in October, I got you. Okay, you're eating on me. <laughs> all right, like you're good. I think this buddy. is this is good for people to hear that the entire operation is above board. All the it proper is. paperwork has been filled out. You guys don't have to feel worried listening to this that this is some sort of an no, illegal operation. And you know what? If, if if anybody on the Geeks Game Network has a problem. Like Matt, Matt, I, we help you out. Like Matt is staying with my friend Andy at the wedding. Matt was like, "Hey, anyway, I can like save some money, like with the hotel thing." And I said, "Don't get a hotel. You're staying with Andy." And two seconds later, I hit up Andy. I said, "This guy, Matt Kelly, 
it's either like he's coming in for the wedding. Matt, it's his birthday. Matt's birthday is October 14th, the day I'm getting Ooh. married. And oh, wow. We cannot let this kid live on the streets. He runs a podcast network. He's not making a million dollars. No, so we, we looked out for him. Um, well, there you go. He's not making a million dollars going back to this weird language podcast. <laughs> That's right. We're gonna keep. We're gonna your, keep circling right, it. We're gonna keep circling. Or or we're gonna get to it. Your idea. Uh, idea. It, it was Matt's idea. It was based on. So again, I started talking about how I did the Weezer live stream, and then after that, because that kind of did well, and I actually got some attention doing that. And then I thought, what was another fun artist to do? And I looked at my record collection, and the next thing alphabetically was Weird Al. Um, and I also thought that that would be just a wild challenge because the Weezer thing was was hard and really fun, but weird Al is like hitting every genre of music imaginable as like, can I learn all of these big major, like, you know, kind of essential pop hit songs while also like touching all these different genres along the way. And it was incredibly hard. Wait, um, you, you, you tried it. I did it. I played every weird Al song in a row that one. So the, the Weezer one took me like 10 and a half hours and weird Al took me over 12. Um, what? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. The, the pandemic broke you. Uh, it completely destroyed me. It, it was again, like I, I just, I was desperate for something to feel like I could function like some, I don't know, some purpose, sure. some sense of like, what can I do to feel like I'm still myself? And that was the best idea I came up with was, can I perform alone at home on a bass, which is like the worst possible instrument to play alone. It, it's so not cools to, it, it, if anyone ever asks you to play, if anyone ever offers to play you a solo bass performance, walk away it's not fun (laughs) i'm a bass player i know my place no good no good so i had to play along to their tracks like it was like myself above the original recordings but it was just whatever i could do to feel like i was doing something interesting and still like i don't know performing for people it's just like that's the joy of my life i love to perform so that's what i wanted to do matthew we were in a global pandemic a million americans died just take the fucking time (laughs) Just watch the damn Tiger King, buddy. To like, be fair, at that point, it was a much smaller number. It felt very appropriate <laughs> to play Weird Al songs. Okay. Um, yeah, no, and I, I did. I don't know. I took a little bit of a break, but I was just so, I was completely stir crazy. And it was just, it gave me a sense of purpose at a time where I actually really, it was super, super good to have. Um, we, we were talking earlier, the bass is the only one that I've ever played. Okay, I have, yeah. I have yeah. two guitars, but in middle school, I played that bass, um, but it was an orchestra. And Darren, was that my mistake, Matthew, and that I was in the nerdy orchestra? Because by the time I, I got mean, to high school, I was like, I'm, there's no way you're seeing me play an orchestra. Yeah, like orchestral bass. orchestral double bass like this. Yeah. I have one behind me right no, now. That one. is a very, that is, I mean, it's strung the same way. It's tuned the same way, but it's a completely different instrument than a bass guitar. Um, it you you Your fingering is, like, it's all just like a whole different beast. And um, it's way harder. I mean, this is like stupid hard to play. An electric bass by comparison is a dream. So yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, maybe if you had gotten to play a couple like rock songs or you had gotten to do a rockabilly thing where you got to swing it over your head or something like that might've given you a little bit more joy. I'm going to forgive myself. I was 14 years old. I was a long way from, from being able to grow a uh, flavor saver goatee, which is kind of a prerequisite for having to play that. Like you have to be, if you're going to play bass, like stand up bass, you should play, you should have some form of facial hair, I think. Here you I gotta am. Look cool. Especially like going into the late nineties. Like oh, you, yeah. you, you should be able to like flip that thing, stand on it like the dude from Living End. You should be able yep. to or at least be like in zoot suit riot or something like that. You should at least look like a guy who's like wearing like a bowling shirt. 
or something, but it just wasn't going to happen for me, man. Yeah. I couldn't grow my sideburns down long enough to be chops. I couldn't do the, the what is it, the flavor saver goatee? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. never going to happen. Well, for I me, mean, man. you know, some some people just aren't cut out for it. I don't, I, you know, I, no, I do okay. think. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's 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 OK. You know, you you made your choice. I did. You let it go. You moved on. Uh, I did bring it up just now. So you how, did bring how, it on. So I, you haven't totally no. moved on. It's still maybe a lingering uh, concern. Hmm. We're gonna have to explore this. I'm gonna have to explore this in therapy later this week. I think. Um, you okay. So speaking of lingering concerns <laughs> and mistakes we may have made from our lives and rehearsals that we may have needed, uh, uh, we're, let's talk about this Nathan Fielder show. I got to tell you the, the the exposure I have to Nathan Fielder is that Nathan for You show on Comedy Central that I loved. Yes, me too. But it has like a mean streak to it. It kind of does. I mean, it's interesting. Like. It doesn't. It, I, I've always thought that Nathan for you is interesting in that I feel like it has all of the structure of a prank show, but it's not yes. really pranking the people. Like the jo- he always kind of spins it at the end where it feels more like the joke is on him. Like he makes himself yes. look dumb way more than the other person. Like he is the dummy in the scenario every time. Sometimes his advice is more ludicrous than others, and sometimes you can tell he's like yanking people's chains more than others. But um, at the end of it, I don't know. I never felt like he was being too overly mean to anyone on that show. And it was more about him showcasing his own insecurities and um, just kind of foolishness, I guess, really. But now you've got this show, the rehearsal. This rehearsal show, like I knew as a fan of uh, as a fan of Nathan for you that we I was going to watch this. Yeah, the idea seemed so meta when I saw the the trailer for it, and then you watch the first episode, and he's helping somebody. Uh, the The whole plot of it, Geekscape, is if you're not familiar with the rehearsal, it's getting a second season on HBO Max. But it's basically yeah. Nathan Fielder is helping someone rehearse tough moments in their lives, and the first episode is someone who has to admit to their his weekly trivia group of friends that he doesn't have a master's degree and he's told them that he has and they've gone so far as to send him resumes for job postings that he without a master's degree isn't qualified for and he he finally just wants to tell them guys i don't have a master's degree and he's worried about how they're going to react so nathan's going to rehearse he's going to replicate the bar that they do trivia in he's going to audition actors and have them play his friends he's going to get bar patrons in there he's going to try and make this rehearsal as true to life as possible to get this person capable of making this this tough moment right to, to, to doing this tough moment and, and facing their fear um i thought it was really sweet that first episode i thought the first episode was really sweet it was also talking about nathan for you it was the most similar to nathan for you where you mm-hmm. got that sense of him trying to he inserts himself into someone else's life and tries to give them advice better or for better or worse on how they can improve themselves. And, uh, and yeah, no, I thought it was really, really sweet. It was incredibly compelling. I mean, if you watch like the, the process of him practicing and then attempting to actually do this, like in real life, like it is in it's gripping television, (laughs) watching him like sit at the bar and ponder like what he's actually doing. Um, sometimes it's just fun to see the lengths to which they replicate things like to the detail, to the minutia that they're like, Hey, we got, we got every single detail, right? The only variable is human nature. And exactly. Um, yeah, you can argue whether or not there's like a, 
neurodivergency to some of the people on the show? Are they, mm-hmm. are they on the spectrum? Are they, you know, what is going on with them? Um, I loved that first episode. And then, then the onion in the layers of the onion just started getting peeled as you went that second episode, you meet a woman who wants to have, have a family. And so Nathan is going to give her a kid and the kid is going to age every week, every three hours. I mean, because of the laws of child actors, this kid is getting cycled out with other kids. I mean, it gets meta so fast when you meet Angela yeah. and Angela wants to have a kid. And then you start to think like, the wheels start coming off like pretty fast when you it, it, it starts happening really, really quickly. Well, cause it, it just comes down to, it's this, the, I mean, the, in broad strokes, the idea of like, all you have to do, Nathan just keeps convincing himself and the people around him that if we just think it through in every possible angle, we can create a perfect simulation of what will actually happen. And you can go into it totally prepared. And all the show keeps revealing is how impossible that actually is. Like, all of these insane things happen. <laughs> the, the the guy that Angela chooses to be her partner in the house for the rehearsal is next level bonkers crazy. You don't, love, you don't like Robin? I, well, here's the thing, Geekscape. Robin is, who crashed his Scion TC at 100 oh, miles an hour. So Geekscape is... Um, I've been asked three times in the last week <laughs> as, I, as I recommend the show to people and say, hey, if you're not watching the rehearsal, I don't know what you're doing with the television because... Yeah. This is the best thing to watch on TV. And I've had people say, yeah, I watched it. It's crazy. It's scripted, right? I don't think it's scripted at all. If there's any manipulation yeah. there, I mean, there's tons of manipulation. He's actively having people rehearse in mm-hmm. pseudo sets and things. But um, the manipulation is the casting. Like uh, Angela was cast kind of because she's Angela. And Angela, yeah. if you learn as the season goes on, Angela's going to Angela. Yeah. Uh, she had her own, <laughs> she had her own like kind of kooky nature to her, and I mean the seams start to split kind of quickly with her. Yeah, it does. I mean, one of the things you also can appreciate from watching Nathan for you is that he seems to have an incredible eye for finding the craziest, most interesting people <laughs> and putting them on his show. Like his ability to zone in on someone and be like, "This person is is gold." They're just left and- of center. Yeah, not exactly. like a mean way. I think I think if I think the Angela thing could have worked, but Angela didn't buy in. And you learn that by episode four when you realize anytime the cameras aren't on her or Nathan isn't around, she could yeah. care less that she's on the TV show. She could care yeah. less that she's supposed to be holding up this 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 image of be, try, even trying to rehearse motherhood. Like she's not. Yeah. Um the Christianity Judaism thing that happened in in episode five is kind of intense. Also, Super what he realizes like he is trying to rehearse by episode three. He's trying to do a brand new rehearsal in just the nature of what he's trying to do becomes unwieldy. Yeah. Like, you know, his subject disappears. He doesn't. Yeah, he actually loses the subject. Well, yeah, it's it's very interesting that he tries to go to all these great lengths and the rehearsals he's trying to plan wind up collapsing around him because I think he comes to realize that nobody cares about this as much as he does. Like he is the one who's like so into the rehearsing and he brings in these other people who on paper go, oh, this sounds interesting. And then they start doing it and they're like, no, I'm out. This is too crazy. I can't I can't do it. Um, I think I think I'm going to disagree with you on the only people who care as much about the rehearsal is him. No, we do, too. And I think in the week week that we've been talking about you coming on the show. Oh, yeah. We found out that we're both big rehearsal fans. 
that Twitter account that I found that is oh like God. all the fans talking about the rehearsal and finding Robin on Facebook and finding Angela on Cameo and finding all of the people who are in the rehearsal yeah, in their actual lives and still being kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, they, are de- they definitely going. are still... It's, it's still kind of happening. I know that's the craziest thing about it. And I would say if you're listening to this and you have not seen the show yet, I you know cannot recommend it enough. It is also like another super interesting thing it does is it definitely very intentionally, we're kind of hinting at it, really blurs the line. Like it intentionally makes you question at all times whether or not someone is acting or not, whether someone's an actor or someone's an actual person. But also at times, I think the point he is trying to make is that it's kind of all the same in so many ways. Like if someone's a real, if someone's a real person, but they're on TV, even playing themselves, they're acting kind of right. Like they have, of course they are. They're not who they normally would be even as indicated. Exactly. You, you can see in the show, they even show what Angela does when she thinks there's no cameras there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's highlighting how like basically all reality TV in so many ways is fundamentally flawed, dishonest, and manipulative probably to both the viewer and the people who are on it are being so, manipulated as well by all these things. Like it's the, the amount of stuff that you get the sense he's trying to say with this show is overwhelming to try to wrap your head around all of it. I don't even know if it's planned. The, the I have no idea. That's the, the thing. The, I don't know how. Yeah. The, the Angela thing. Well, I think what I was going to say was when you then hire actors into it, to play the scripted to, to play the people who are real life people. Then you have actors. Yeah. It, it, it is meta geeks game. So it'll get away from us real quickly. Oh yeah. Try and deconstruct it. But um, I think that some of the discoveries aren't scripted. I think, I think the script in the narration actual come from, actually come from real discoveries. And we, I was there at eight o'clock PM Pacific time waiting for that season finale to drop expecting expecting to have a bow tied on it and say hey this is going to be really funny we're going to see this whole thing come to a satisfying conclusion and I think ultimately if you'll agree with me they but you don't have to the 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 one thing that I came away with it was it was an incredible statement on single motherhood and how single mothers are also fathers and he just put a bow on that statement, which yeah. wasn't even stated literally. It was painful. What well, that, that oh, yeah. was actually really sad. And watching a, a, a child actor uh, connect with Nathan playing his father yeah. and then have the show end and realize that the role, this is a kid without a dad. He's, he's a child actor. Nathan is playing his father because it's part of the rehearsal. And then when the show ends, he still wants Nathan to be his father that was hard to watch. Oh, it's 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 very very. Um, the end of is, is very sad, um, like really shockingly so. Like like that kid it completely breaks your heart. And Remy. yeah, no, I think I, like Remy. Yes, thank you. He deserves to be named because he is was amazing. Um, it, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's a, a comment on on motherhood, single motherhood. Absolutely, it's arguably a commentary on what we do to child actors. Mm. Um, and just how appropriate or fair it is to put kids of a certain age through this process. But then Nathan does it on his show, but then highlights it at the same time. Like it's a really bold, it's again, it's, it's like multiple profound statements at once. And it's unclear exactly if there's a single thing he's trying to land at the very end of that. 
I, I'm not even sure what it would be. But they leave um, it. The one thing I hey, thought you yeah. would do was give like a Nathan for you wrap up narration. Mm-hmm. And instead it cut to credits and you're just left having to figure it out for yourself. Um, that, that, I mean, at first I was unsatisfied by the ending. I'll say that I was unsatisfied with the ending of season mm-hmm. one. And then as I think about it, I was like, no, dude, Sopranos finale. What would actually, what, what would you have done that would have worked any better? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, the one thing I loved about the finale, like, and it took me a little while to process this. So this is really hard to explain if you have not seen the show, but if you have, this will make sense what I'm saying. So Nathan gets to this point where he is rehearsing. He, he's rehearsing pretending to be this kid's dad. That's part of what he's doing on the show, right? But then he gets nervous that he made a mistake with the child. So he goes back and he rehearses as the mom interacting with this same child, but an actor playing the child now um, to see where he might have gone wrong and hurt this kid. And at the end, they have a, it's, it's so crazy. It's so insane and meta. But then at the end, they have this heart to heart. And for the first time in the entire show, you get the sense that Nathan is actually having a real emotional connection with someone. Like they're actually having a real bonding moment. And in that moment, the kid says, I love you, mommy. And Nathan is supposed to be playing a mom, but he corrects the kid and says, no. I'm your dad. And like you said, that's a commentary on mother on single motherhood for sure. But also in that moment, that I think is Nathan having a moment of like, as if he had broken character and he was like, Oh, this is not the rehearsal anymore. This is really me talking, but it's not really him talking because he's so many layers deep in delusion that his breakthrough was being like, no, I'm not playing the mom anymore. I'm actually your dad, but he's not actually the dad. That's also not true. But it was like the closest he ever came to actually having a genuine emotional connection with someone was breaking through one layer of rehearsal up to the next layer. And that's a throwback to when the actress is playing Angela and accusing her him that the as Angela, but she's playing Angela. Geekscapers, you got to watch this. We're not really you got to watch. Yeah, yeah. we're not really spoiling anything because the the emotions are genuine in this, and the mind fuckery is genuine. Uh, it will still hit. Trust me. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. When she says, "You just want to feel something, and you never will." And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, first off, cast that girl. She's awesome. Oh my god. The, and, some of the uh, actors in this show were absolutely amazing. And the improvisational writing was really good. And yeah. I don't know how much of that stuff was fed, but I'll tell you. Uh, anybody who asks me if it's scripted, I don't think it's scripted. I think it's set up, and it's okay. Like there are bullet points to hit. Sure, there are beats to hit. Yeah. Sure, but I think that everybody involved in this did a really good job of of uh kind of nailing it and we'll see what season two is i made a joke on twitter that season two of the rehearsal is just going to be uh nathan fielder walking wb through refixing the dc <laughs> entertainment universe <laughs> like this, all right this is how you make a new superman movie here's so what you, you need to do here's how you make yeah. the justice league and let's rehearse putting together a multi-billion dollar <laughs> entertainment empire yeah because uh, geeks you're not too happy with Warner Brothers, are you, right now? Are you? You're just not. They canceled your back, Earl. You don't even know what they're doing right now with oh the my God. DC stuff. I can't get into it, but I will tell you, as far as Warner Brothers and HBO Max goes, um, I, I was not ready to save this, Geeks Gabus, because the embers of Game of Thrones season, the last two seasons, still burn right here. And they, uh, we've been burned before with this Game of Thrones stuff. Those last two seasons, Game of Thrones hurt. But I'll tell you right now, I still checked out this uh, House of the Dragon thing that was uh, the prequel to Game of Thrones series. 
this uh and i was like no 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 you fooled me once but geeks gave us they're getting ready to fool me again because i watched <laughs> the first episode of uh house of the dragon and i thought it was really really good <laughs> damn it and i was like where was this the last two seasons of game of thrones where was this care to the characters where was this level of detail to the world where was this pacing where everybody had a fully fleshed out role in relationship to each other where was this attention to the history where was i mean this was what we got the first couple seasons of game of thrones and it it, and it just felt like it was shot out of a can in the last two seasons just to wrap things up in a very unsatisfying way it felt very slapdash and a lot of people came out of the last two seasons of game of thrones pretty unsatisfied with that's how you wrap this up after setting up for so long this i actually like this pilot for the house of the dragon more than i like that first game of thrones pilot and maybe because i'm already familiar with the world so i'm able to get more out of it because let's face it if you haven't read the books that first game of thrones pilot with sean bean and all that um there was a lot of homework you had to do and there was a lot of characters thrown at you and you were swimming for a lot of it um with this one you you're more familiar with the world you know that it's roughly 200 years before what you've seen and they do a really good job of placing all the pieces on the board and seeing how things are going to set up. Uh, it, it's it, it's violent. It's definitely gross. You're definitely going to have some squeamish moments where people get hurt in nasty ways in some medieval fantasy fashions. But uh, I like the relationships. I think they're engaging. I think Reese Heifens is an awesome actor. He does a good job. And Matt Smith is fantastic. The, everybody in this is doing well. I mean, this is the Game of Thrones you want. And didn't get the last two seasons of the original series. So um, this has my endorsement. And uh, I will tell you, I'm going to watch it every weekend excitedly, but also like bracing for a heartbreak. So, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm recommending I'm recommending the House of the Dragon. I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was it, it was great. So can I ask you, as someone, because I, I did not, I was one of those people, I was behind on the original Game of Thrones, and then as I was in the process of catching up, those last couple of seasons started running, and I started just hearing bad things, and it just, it, it made me stop. Like, I just never finished the original Game of Thrones. Sure. Um, but I know this is also a prequel, 200 years. Like, if I just started watching this, would that be cool, or am I going to be completely lost? Um, there- I think there's some emotional resonance in knowing how these houses are 200 years right. later. But no, these are all characters you don't need to know the history. It's all different people, right? You you, know, you don't need to know how they're all new. You kind of know where the houses go for Game of Thrones because like, you know where they're going to be, that where the houses are going to be situated in the next 200 years. Right, right, right. But you get to see them being established here and you get to see this 200 year version where the Stark house was, where the Targaryen house was. Um, not a whole lot of Lannister going on here, but you get to, get to see some of it. And the acting's strong, the art direction's strong, everything's strong in this one. And you're just like, damn, where was this in the last two seasons of Game of Thrones? Well, it's right here. And if you can go ahead and deal, because you're going to be getting a whole lot of Game of Thrones in the next billion years. We got Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yes. We won. As I said at the opening, we won. You're, you're getting Lord of the Rings. You're getting a you're getting a Dungeons and Dragons movie in the spring that looks a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, you're you nerds, we won, okay? Like all I had to do was sacrifice playing the bass in middle school, and now I was like, "Yep, now we'll see who's laughing." Now, Jonathan, um, we thank you for your service. Yeah, I, I was like, you know, I can't go this far, geek. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I regret it all the time. Not sticking with this. I do. I do. You know what? It's, it's never too late to learn. It's no. never too late to learn. I, I'm serious. It's not. A, a musical instrument, you can learn anytime. You can learn a, a musical instrument anytime. Yeah, the kazoo. Matthew, come on. No, I'm serious. Oh, then, okay. Then, then get I a, barely know get English. A, get, a, get an electric bass. You, you'll be playing electric bass in 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm serious. You, you, before the show, you said if Chris Ophelius can do it, anybody can. Is that what you said before the show? I'm quoting you. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, I'm uh, only that saying that to put him uh, in a yeah. barrel. He did that was really good. That. For a second there, I, I actually was like, oh my God, did I say <laughs> right? that? That's, That's crazy. Horribly rude. That's a crazy uh, thing to say. It's inside baseball <laughs> here on the Geekscape <laughs> Network. Uh, Geekscape is gossiping about geeks gave us and that's yeah what you like this community matthew what do you think as we wrap up the show you like this so, whole community we've built yeah absolutely so far it's been great i mean i've been having so much it's it's really nice to like get to spend some time with you obviously i've spent almost all my time with with matt kelly no, who's been great and very oh, no <laughs> uh he's been great i mean he the, he's like a the, kid brother to me matthew the leak yeah. in the roof is still a work in progress they got to get that squared away but otherwise you know he's he's great yeah matt, so no it's it's been it's been wonderful yeah, uh, Matt is one of my groomsmen. That Matt Kelly, um, and I, I love him. Um, yeah, I and, do too. Uh, and I love everybody here on the network, and I, I just kind of like. I'm gonna be stupid and sappy right now, but remember oh, when you're a, a, like a, a kid and you had this idealistic dream that all of your friends and family were all gonna like we're gonna grow up, and we're gonna live on the same block in the same neighborhood, and we're oh, all, yeah. everybody I love is gonna be right there, mm-hmm. and. For me, Geekscape is that, and that may be ridiculous, but it is the same things that I celebrated then with the comic books, the video games, and the movies, and the same idealism that I never grew out of. That's kind of what I think Matt Kelly has, and we all kind of still celebrate those things, and I, I don't think that you have to give those up for adulthood. I think that you can still celebrate the positivity of seeing your neighbors and your friends every day, we've simply built a place where that can happen. Yeah. And that's not just, this isn't just a podcast network. It's a community first and foremost. And as I've described it in the early days, I want to build something that's, that survives me walking off the wrong curb. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan walks off the wrong curb and he goes splatooey and fails the Farager test. The Geekscape <laughs> network and community hopefully survive. And keep going. And, and Geekscape is as we get close to, uh, as we enter the fall and get close to like LA Comic Con and some of that stuff in another probably live stream for the holidays. Um, there's so much we're doing. I hope some of the LA Comic Con stuff comes to fruition because it's stuff we've never done before and it will add an element to Geekscape that I think is really exciting. And um, and hopefully they happen. We're always planning on things beyond podcasts, beyond live streams, beyond uh, being at a, a local convention. Um it's just a matter of like, can it happen? Who knows? We're exploring those partnerships all the time. And uh, Matthew, I got to tell you, I love having a partnership with you, man. Um, do you get to know Thank you? On this past hour, yeah. <laughs> likewise, for this past weekend. <laughs> no, we had never. This was a. It's it's a new thing, and it's been a blast. So, yeah, thank you so much for uh, for having me. And again, it's been really. Uh, it's been. I've I've been honored to be part of the Geekscape Network, and I loved everything you just said. I really do think like. At the end of the day, it's community, right? That's what we all like. We're all drawn to community. Everyone wants to, uh, we want to feel that kind of kinship and connection. And any sort of way to make that happen is a, a good thing. Yeah, I think I think it'll, well, it'll, it'll keep you from running through another discography if we have a plague. 
Uh, yeah, exactly. At least, exactly. At least you, this don't is have great... to run through, you don't have to run through the discography alone, brother. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'll get more people involved. Yeah, I'll get you on the kazoo, like you just said. We'll get you. You, know you what? can. You remember, you know Guster? Yeah, sure. I played this. I played the triangle for Guster. At no way, Theater. really. Yeah, they were still going as. <laughs> this was summer of '95. They played a summer camp, and I lied to them and said that I played the, the as they were setting up. They were still going as Gus at the time, mm. and they they uh, they were. I was joking with them as I do with everyone because why be real? Sure. Why be vulnerable? And I, <laughs> I, and I was like, yeah, I play an instrument. They're like, what? I said a triangle. They said, if you could find a triangle by the time we play, you're going to come up on stage and play with us. <laughs> and I scoured for the next two hours for a triangle, and I found it, and I played and you it. You found a triangle. I don't know how to play a triangle, but I banged the hell out of it during one of their songs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't kind of can't believe you can you could find a triangle. I feel like I right now, it. if you asked me to find one in two hours, I wouldn't be able to. You just have to go to the music room at a wow. college. And they had it. Oh, oh, there you go. Yeah, insane. Yeah. Uh, you can listen to Matthew Milligan here on the Geekscape Network as the co-host or host. I don't know what the what are you the host and Matt's the co-host. I mean, I think we're going with I think we're going with just dual co-hosts. Okay. Right. Um, if one of, if one of us is host above the other, that's uh, that's going to be it. Don't. Tough conversation for later. We have not. Uh, Let me tell you, somebody who's known Matt Kelly for a very long time, you give that kid a, an inch. He takes some. This is it. Right? So now we're on record. This is a 50 50 scenario. All <laughs> okay. right. Co-host and co-host. OK. You hear that, Kelly? <laughs> In Spotify clears. <laughs> as soon as <laughs> it clears. Going to Milligan. <laughs> <laughs> After you fix the leak, you can recoup the cost of the leak and then and then we'll talk. So Geeks gave us, you can listen to Matthew every week on the Weird Algorithm podcast, which is tearing up the charts for the Geekscape network. And we have tons of other shows. Just go to your favorite podcatcher, search for Geekscape. You're going to find this flagship podcast where we're a mile wide and an inch deep in knowledge uh, on all of that. And then um, you can find all the more detailed shows about filmmaking, uh, video games. We got wrestling. We got all sorts of stuff on the network. So just search for Geekscape. You'll find us. And then we're obviously on social media, whether it's the Facebook, the Tickety Talks, the Instagrams and all that stuff. Search for Geekscape. That's where we hang our hats. Come hang with us. It's that community we're talking about. Anything else mm. to add, Matt? Where's the best place to find you, sir? Um, you can find me on uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, um, my handle, uh, Twitter, although I really don't tweet anymore. But um, all, my handle everywhere is Millie Milligan, M-I-L-L-I. M-I-L-L-I-G-A-N. Um, and I have a website, which is Matthew-Milligan.com, which tells you like who I'm playing with and when. Uh, I have a bunch of shows, as I mentioned, with Weedus coming up in the Midwest. Um, and beyond that, some other cool stuff, I think, by the end of this year. I'm, I can't say yet, but working with some sure. other fun people. It should be good. should be good. Yeah, Dude, we're excited, and the best place you can hear it is by following Matthew on the socials. And yeah. uh, right oh, here and obviously, yeah, keep keep as you said, keep listening to the Weird Algorithm podcast or check it out if you haven't yet. You do not need to be a diehard uh, Weird Al fan to appreciate it. Um, we just did an episode where we talked way more about the B fifty twos than Weird Al, um, <laughs> so uh, don't even worry about that. Just uh, tune in with us and hear Matt and I chat about all manner of things. Sounds like a good time. Uh, Geekscapus, thank you for checking us out, and we will see you next time. Until uh, then, don't hate create. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.